Having gotten the hard part out of the way, I was left over the past few days thinking about how or what to focus uh, episode two on. And after looking over my notes and thinking through a few different ideas, I settled on the title. Well, I settled on a topic that's in the title of the podcast. It seems obvious now that if we're dealing with a podcast talking about my time out in this cabin, I might as well address the cabin, if not just to paint a picture for you guys uh, as to where I am. So, episode two, here we are, the cabin. Um, Just a quick note, uh, for those of you who are just joining, I recommend you go back, uh, listen to episode one. Um... And, you know, do what you want, but that's just my recommendation. Anyhow, um, I am planning on getting the podcast up onto Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Um, If there are other uh, venues that you guys prefer to listen to your podcasts uh, through, uh, please do reach out and let me know, and I will try to get it up there. Uh, For now, I'm doing the SoundCloud thing. It's just where I had an account and what I'm used to uh, interacting with. And without further ado, here we go. So I'm sitting here in this room, uh, surrounded by what's got to be a few thousand pounds of uh, petrifying southern pine logs uh, that have been growing old and musky with time, um, getting darker with creosote. I guess seeping out of them, collecting on them. I'm not quite sure what, how creosote works. But uh, thinking about it now and looking around, I mean, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's about 10 stacked logs that are visible from the interior of this room. And like I said, as they grow older, and I found this out the hard way trying to punch a hole through it, one of these logs. These suckers are petrifying. I mean, you could drill through it, but you better have a very strong drill and a competent bit. It's no small task. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to get at the idea that this home, though it looks rustic and sometimes ramshackle, and though we like to think that newer is always better and sturdier. This sucker is solid as freaking logs. I mean, the building material is literally thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of just raw wood. Um, it's pretty amazing to think about it. You know, it's you have to get past the image 
just the symbol of a log cabin and just try to see it freshly that I'm literally sitting in a stack of logs like a fucking beaver over here. Uh, yeah, it's wild. But so that's where I am. The cabin was built with logs from the property. A lot of the cabins that you see built today are, are not built that way. They're, I'm not even sure what they are, but I know that the logs are often brought in from elsewhere. Sometimes they're kit homes. Sometimes there's custom builders. But this cabin is built in the frontier, true to the frontier spirit, in that it was entirely built with, uh, with, with logs from this land. So out behind the cabin, there's my yard, <clears throat> which is just like an open field or pasture. And I'm pretty sure, being that it's one of the few open, not treed-in areas of the property, I'm pretty sure that that was originally the stand of, where there was a stand of trees um, that the builder then cut down. Uh, I'm guessing he... He didn't mill them. He just cut them down and selected the most straight sections and probably kiln-dried them. There is like an old kiln that's falling apart um, uh, in one corner of the property, and I believe that was used to, to I'm not a wood guy, but to cure the wood or to, to, to dry it so that you can then build with it. So this is a true log cabin, and it's really special to me for that reason. Um, it's not something that I've ever seen before, and I don't think it's... Well, it, that idea of having seen something before, like no log cabin should be the same as any other because it should be a mark of... It should be extremely local. It should be a mark of where it exists in the world. Um, those trees on that piece of land uh, built by that person in that year, et cetera, et cetera. I think you get the idea. Um, speaking of which, next to me about eh, a mile, a half mile away, is my neighbor Kevin's cabin. Uh, we're the only two homes within this fence line, and it is an almost identical cabin built at the same time by the same person. Um, and my cabin was built in 1983. Our cabins were built in 1983 um, by a man, I gather his name was Ansley, and I've gathered that he was a military man, I believe, or a veteran. Uh, one way or another, without knowing anything else about him, aside from what he left um, on this land and what he did here, the man was a very, very bright man. Um, I am actually astounded daily, almost daily, by things that are in the design of this place that he must have put tons of thought into. Little things that he must have considered. Um, 
I think, I mean, who knows how a man's mind works? Either he considered it or he just had a... Uh, he was adept in just knowing how things should be when it comes to building a home. Either way, the man was smart and knew what he was doing here. And the homes stand intact uh, as a as a testament to that. When I first came into possession of the cabin, like I said uh, before, uh, this uncle that I have was living in it, and for one reason or another, he didn't really take very good care of it. Whether he had an option to or not, uh, it's besides the point. The original windows were these wooden... A lot of the fixtures are craft made are, are rustic I guess you could say they were clearly made uh, by someone here uh, the builder probably and I'm sure at the time when they were new the first 10-15 years they were great and cool but here we are you know 40 years whatever it is uh, yeah 40 years later and uh the things that remain that are that are that are handmade aren't so cool anymore. Uh, for example, my door fell off the hinge. Well, it didn't fall off the hinge. That would be normal, uh, somewhat normal. It literally just fell to pieces. I like lifted on it, kind of, because it was getting stuck on the floor, and the boards and different things that actually made up the door just like completely fell like a house of cards and just fell like in many pieces. I'm like, I didn't break my foot. Uh, my door basically like disintegrated. Um, and I took photos of the wreckage and sent it to my friend Fabio, who's a woodworker, and he just laughed. And I believe his comment was, um, you should burn that door yeah i was asking if i could salvage it and he said you should burn that door and whoever built it and i don't know if i'm going to be doing that i mean i have a lot of respect for whoever built it but uh we can let fabio do the do the burning here but uh i did burn the door <laughs> um <laughs> uh so yeah um so, any, oh, my point was uh, there were these windows that were handmade as well, and they were to the point where they just would not operate anymore. So when I got the place, I had these windows that couldn't open. You couldn't let fresh air in. Uh, it was all bugs in the windows everywhere because they hadn't been moved, and so they were just neglected and just treating, treated like crap. Uh, so bugs were just just dried up in there. 
and uh, there was barely any light coming in. They were all covered up because of the bugs, so there was drapes, and so there was no natural light. You know, uh, the lighting was all wonky. Like you had like a purple light bulb, and then like a red one, and then like just weird shit. Um, <clears throat> oh, surrounding the cabin was all sand. There was no perimeter of like concrete or even gravel. It was just sand everywhere. So you'd always be tracking in just like pounds and pounds of sand as you would go uh, inside the house and out. Um, you could never actually like clean something off because you would just be hosing it down like into sand in theory. So you wouldn't even try. Um, so I guess those two things, those were like my first major upgrades, um, was replacing all of the windows with these new gorgeous Simonton. I recommend Simonton look into it since Simonton, uh, or Simonton, uh, windows, real nice stuff. Um, <clears throat> which I have open now with uh it's still cool enough where I could have this window open in front of me. I could hear the insects kind of chirping and that's good because I have these goats uh, that are just outside maybe 40 yards away in this barn that I've had constructed for them. And I'm still very concerned for them. You know, at least I can have the windows open here if there's a scuffle or if something starts to give them a hard time. Um, so yeah, the main upgrades I made uh, in the beginning were the windows. So now all of a sudden I can see outside, number one. Uh, two, I can open the windows up to get fresh air and the cool breeze inside. Um, and then the next upgrade was I, I poured a, a perimeter of concrete around the entire home and paved the carport area. So now I had my little uh, moat of civilization surrounded by what felt like hot lava. Um, if you get what I'm saying. like it, it was like, oh, I can wash my rubber boots off now um, and keep them clean until my next foray into the sand. You live in sand and quickly realize you either accept that sand is going to be everywhere or you kill yourself trying to fight it. Uh, so yeah, the concrete was huge. Not dumb enough to think that you invented it. I like your style a lot. At times I must admit that I resented it. Now gracefully forgotten by you. Just remember they are all And just from there, it's been ready little upgrade after a little upgrade. Uh, I've changed a lot of the lighting fixtures or some nicer things. <laughs> I've put in uh, AC units now, which is a relatively new thing. I finally have the whole place AC'd, which is allowing me to stay here into the summer. Uh, so that's cool. Oh, the other big upgrade, the water, putting in the uh, the water softener and water purification system. So I'm here on well water, and I never had well water. You know, I'm a city guy. I always grew up in the city. I, For me, a well was something you threw pennies down or you fell down. 
and never got up. You know, there are buckets involved on ropes, something that you pulled, you used a pulley. Perhaps there was like a princess kind of with her hair dangling into it or something, some sort of tail uh, like that. Uh, it was never something that people had uh, in real life. But uh, so coming out here, I realized I'm on a well. And then I remember when whoever it was pointed out like the thing sticking out of the ground that looks like just some, like some plumbing. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's your well. I was like, what? Like, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's my well. And then, like, later I would look it up, like, okay, that is the well. Uh, that's a pump, and it goes down, and it pumps water uh, from under there. It's amazing. So no water bill. I'm on well water. Uh, downside is it's, uh, it's very mineral-rich water. It's got a lot of iron, uh, so I had to get this uh, water system, um, which is great. Uh um, Connecticut water system. It's amazing stuff. Look it up. Anywho, uh, before that, the water would like rust, leave rust stains on everything. So like, that was another thing. As soon as I got the water softener, I fixed up the whole bathroom, took out all the rusted, uh, fixtures, old sink falling apart. There was like no stopper and like, it just sucked. The old toilet, like, even like you could clean it all you wanted, you could know that it was like perfectly clean, but like still having that orange brown just rust all over it just made you feel dirty. It was just no one wanted to use it. Uh, and don't even get me started on the existing uh, shower tub hybrid, which was just stained with layers of rust. It's disgusting. So then I got that was another big upgrade. Then I got this beautiful bathroom. I got this. I bet you never heard of this before. First time I ever saw it clawfoot shower platform so imagine a clawfoot tub in that style but it's a square elevated platform on claw feet uh that's a shower it's a shower pan okay so i'm in a shower above ground the water you get the idea it's wonderful um i threw down some tile Got that tile, uh, white tile bathroom game going. Um, and man, it feels so nice to step out onto tile. Stepping out with like damp feet onto wood just was never a good feeling. And it was like, I don't even want to get into it. Like the tile thing like made my day. It's taken a long time. And this maybe is the core of this episode, and I've had to talk it out and talk it through. It's taken me a long time to get to where I am, as far as the cabin goes, uh, to where I am right now. This level of comfort, this level of livability um, that's here um, took me a while. At first, I remember... And this went through all facets of my life, many facets of my life. At first, I wanted to rough it. I wanted to be hard on myself, do things the old-fashioned way, do things the hard way, discomfort myself, inconvenience myself. You know, convenience is the enemy kind of deal. Uh, Earl Morris. <clears throat> and I did that for a while. And that shit gets fucking old. 
you know, once you do that, it's like, bring on the convenience. Like, I get it. Conveniences are great. Uh, comfort is great. Uh, embrace it. Um, so, yeah. So, I like my fucking tile, bitches. You know, I'm going to keep the freaking tile without, oh, he's in a cat, you know, without worrying about what people are saying about, uh, uh, oh, it's not really a cabin anymore. Not that anyone said that. I guess these are just my idea of what people are saying behind my back. Uh, the cabin has become more comfortable, and I'm proud of it. And it allows me to work better, uh, be better rested at the end of the day, and uh, be happier while up here. The fact that it's taken me this long to get AC should kind of give you an idea of what uh, I what my priorities were. I'm in Florida for fuck's sake. It's a state built upon AC. Uh, oh man, you want to talk about an awful feeling? Stepping out of like a warm shower and stepping into just hot, humid air. You know, being hot outside, working, develop, building up like, you know, proper sweat, going in the shower finally getting clean and then just walking back out into humidity just awful those days are hopefully done so yeah the cabin oh let's talk about the roof let's talk about the roof the roof <clears throat> tennessee williams cat on a hot tin roof you heard of it this is Joe under a hot tin roof. And people like to get all glitzy glammy with their roofs. But uh, never had a roof that worked better. Um, I'd imagine it's one of the cheaper options you can go with roofs. So laughing in everyone's face when you do it. Uh, it never leaks i've never had one leak it looks tight as hell with all like the rust forming on it and shit and, like the ridges um it sounds super tight when it rains okay uh and that's pretty much it like it's just awesome it's probably super easy to replace panels of it you just buy it anywhere um i don't know about its insulation properties but i've got an attic so the, the cabin stays miraculously the cabin stays miraculously cool when it's hot out. Um, it's only when, you know, after, let's say, two, three in the afternoon, let's say if it was a hot day and you didn't have AC, is when it would start to heat up. And it's really humidity that does it. Like the cabin is just with these logs and with the overhanging... Uh, uh, roof um, and the porch being on the south side I mean there's certain design elements that make it really suited to this hot climate so the indoor does uh, st stay pretty cool without AC but uh, I don't know if it's the roof that's really playing into that so much but anyway tin roof um, would have turned up my nose uh, towards it is that the saying turn my nose up against it something i would have looked down upon if i was a lesser uh individual thinking oh those uh poor folk with their tin roofs 
think again. Tin Roof kicks ass. Uh, so there's my Tin Roof rant. Um, I wish I could... I guess if I'm trying to do a dramatic... Well, I think that's gone at this point. The uh, hope for this being anything but me ranting about my cabin for an episode... The hope of it being dramatic, I think, is probably out the window at this point. Um, but I wish I could paint a dramatic image or video or somehow share the experience uh, of what it's like driving down this dirt road and then to my driveway, which is basically a, a, a tree tunnel leading you uh, towards this amazing reveal of this gorgeous cabin, and it's it's almost like it's almost like you're always arriving during sunset. Like I feel like every time I think back to me arriving down that driveway, it's always like sunset. Uh, and everyone who visits, like somehow when they when they first come for their stay, it's almost like they're always arriving at sunset. It's really weird. I, I, it's obviously my memory is skewing it that those experiences stand out more but it really does happen that way there's no work here for us so tonight I cross the border come sit and drink with me and we'll toast to the old days walk down the darkened streets to the old and empty plaza. But to paint that image for you is, is something that I can't do. Uh, it's truly a magical spot out here. And I've heard it from friends, a good friend who's been coming up uh, for years up here kind of echoed a thought that I had only a week or so prior when he kind of we had been driving around and seeing different places in the area different homes looking at different properties and things and finally we returned back and he basically said to me he's like dude I'm finally or I'm just realizing like how special the place really is and it occurred to me, I've always appreciated it, but that, the magic of the place occurred to me in a real heavy way, only a week prior to him telling me that. And there is something special about it. The fact that it is a true log cabin built with the lumber from the property. The fact that, um, there's a big body of water, Deerhaven Lake, directly to the west, where you have a beautiful um, sunset over the water every night. Um, the fact that you're on the edge of national land uh, to the west, to the north, and to the east of me, but mostly to the west and north, is nothing but miles upon miles of national Ocala National Forest land. Uh, so I'll never have neighbors in those directions. There'll never be development in those directions. It's always going to be wilderness. 
and that's amazing. Um, I go out my door. I could take a million different trails, uh, off-roading through big puddles of mud, uh, sugar sand moguls, uh, clay dirt roads. You know, I mean, it's just really, if you like the outdoors, uh, there's really, I mean, fishing, whatever you like, it's a fucking great place to do it. And it's just out my back door. I was reading, there's a, uh, there's a newspaper out here that runs in the area. It's called the North Lake Outpost. It's a hyper-local little paper. Um, and it's freaking awesome. I'm actually going to subscri- I'm planning on subscribing to it tomorrow. Uh, there's like a little office in town that you could go into. Uh, I could probably do it online or write in or whatever, but like I'm super into just going into the office, seeing who's there. Uh, anyhow, uh, it'd be, be cool to have like a fucking column for them at some point. Anyhow, uh, in the paper I was reading, there was like a column. Where was I reading this? Or was it in one of the books? Either I, either way, I was reading something somewhere where someone was t- uh, praising the benefits of living in this area where access to the outdoors is right there. And you have to remind yourself that People struggle to get to places like this. People plan months ahead of time to get to places like this. Uh, If not more. Um, It's really a blessing to be living at the edge of wilderness, uh, recreation areas, and to say, hey, I've been working hard today. I've got an hour to kill. Why don't I take a drive down a road I've never been? And maybe that'll be next week's episode. I'll cover that trip. I think this is probably enough for now. I'm going to check the clock here in a second. I have it set to bars. We're at 1,030 bars. If I could change that, let's change that to time. Oh, we're at 35, 34 minutes. So that's probably long enough. Um, Next week's episode, I'm not sure what I'm going to do it on. But just know that it will be released next week. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in this time. Um, you know, here's the deal. I'm, I'm just reflecting back on what I just did here. It feels like a rant. If it ends up actually being a rant, you'll have to apologize. You'll have to excuse me. Um, I'm trying to stick to the once a week thing. Or I'm afraid that I won't continue. Uh, And so there you have it. Um, There's my uh, cabin log for the week. Uh, Kind of a rant on the cabin and some of the improvements that I've made to the cabin. Um, It's the cabin cabin log. Okay. Uh, next episode is up in the air. Um, I'll probably discuss the animals and include maybe my vision, uh, for what I hope to do with them. Uh, That's probably a good idea, but who knows? Maybe I'll get inspiration to talk about something else. So please do stay tuned. Um, subscribe to my SoundCloud or whatever. 
if I'm up on Spotify, iTunes, by the time you listen to this, please follow that. And uh, I do encourage and hope that you guys will reach out to me. I had a lot of you guys, um, you know, send me messages, people that came out of the woodwork, which I dearly, dearly appreciate, um, telling me that they listened to this. <clears throat> and so... Uh, I hope to not let you down with this second episode. Um, it's just going to get better and better. I've got a lot of really cool stories um, and ideas to run past you guys. Um, but I feel like it's important to set uh, set the tone, set the setting for where I am. Uh, so hopefully I've done that. I'd like to wish you guys a very, very good night. I'm about to hit the frickin' sack. I banged this sucker out after a day of, uh, day after day, really. The past few days of just long, hard work in the sun, and I am ready to conk the heck out. Um, signing off, guys. Until next time.